Blog Talk Radio. Good morning, afternoon, or evening, and welcome to Hope for Today. My name is Naja E. Brown, your host, and we thank you for your support and participation. Hope for Today is an outreach program of Yield to the King Ministry, and our hope and prayer for our listening audience is that you hear something that is encouraging, life-altering, or prompting you to study the Word of God. We welcome your comments anytime. You can reach us through our website at yieldtothekingministry.org. Well, welcome to today's episode entitled, The Power of His Name. And we have a a guest with us in the studio. You have heard from him in the past. He is a phenomenal, awesome teacher, and his name is Dr. Michael Lay, Doctor of Ministry and a Doctor of uh, of Theology. Uh, and, And so he is here to share with us on this topic the power of his name. Before I turn it over to Dr. Lay, I'd like to read to you the promotional material. Jehovah Rapha means the Lord heals physically and emotional, excuse me, the Lord heals physical and emotional needs. We often pray for physical healing, but our healing should be holistic, including physical, emotional, mental, and spiritual. Jesus did it all during his public ministry, and the Holy Spirit was at work in and through the apostles performing his ministry of glorifying Jesus Christ. Peter was told to heal a lame man lying at the beautiful gate. In the book of Acts, chapter 3, verse 6, and this is the New International Version, it says, Then Peter said, Silver or gold I do not have, but what I do have I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. The beggar was completely healed. And with that, I am going to turn it over to Dr. Lay. Dr. Lay, welcome, welcome, welcome. How are you today? I am good, and I'm glad to be here on this uh, day. I think it's the 19th, is it, of April? So I'm just glad to be here on today. Well, thank you. Thank you, because I know you're busy. Uh, I know you're probably inundated with uh, meetings and teaching and all of that, good, those good things. So thank you for your time and just what you have to share with us. So with that, I'm going to turn it over to you and let you share with us what you have to say about the power of his name. Amen. Thank you for the introduction and uh for being here, uh, for the invitation to be here on today. Our, our lesson is uh, coming from Acts, as already indicated, Acts, the third chapter and verse 6. And I'll be just jumping right into the lesson today, and we'll start with the reading of the verse. And this is reading is coming from the King James Version, and it reads a little bit differently than uh, w- which was just read. Uh, it reads like this. Uh, then Peter said, A silver and gold have I none, but such as I have, give I thee in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And by way of this lesson, this is a lesson really geared towards uh, Christians. Uh, and some points that I want to bring out through this lesson on today 
is to help us uh, do what God has uh, called us all to do. We all have a, a special place in God's uh, ministry, and, and, and our place uh, needs to be occupied. We don't need to be, uh, as some people would say, bench members, but we need to be active doing the things that God has called us to do in these last days. Somebody needs, uh, somebody needs us to do just what God has called us to do. And uh, God can get somebody else to do it, but he really needs us to do it for the uh, best optimum results uh, that he has, uh, let's say, ordained. In our lesson today, we notice that, first of all, that, uh, that, that Peter and John, they do all this in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. And uh, Jesus' name is a name that's above all names. The Bible indicates to us that every knee shall bow and every uh, tongue shall confess that Jesus uh, Christ is Lord. And I understand from my Bible study there's no other name that men can call upon by which they would be saved. So this, uh, this uh, lesson on today that Peter and John, they are uh, leaning on the authority of the name of Jesus by which they do uh, this uh, uh, healing with this man that's, uh, that's there at the beautiful gate. And so we, we start out the lesson by talking about a bit about uh, the lesson and uh, relevant points. One relevant point is about Jesus' ministry, and we should be doing all those things that Jesus has called us to do. And uh, the call is upon us to do those things that he has done. And as we look at his life and his ministry, we notice that there were prominent things, uh, at least three prominent things, were part of Jesus' ministry. And this is what we are supposed to be doing. We're supposed to be doing the works that Jesus has laid out before us, the example that he's given us. One, we're supposed to teach. Uh, It's important for us to teach uh, the Bible to uh, listening ears and uh, longing hearts. That's important for us to do that. Uh, another thing is that Jesus was very active in healing uh, people. Uh, whenever he uh, ministered to a crowd, they, he, one of the uh, key things that he did was that of healing. Also, Jesus was also involved in working miracles. When was the last time you worked a miracle or was part of one? Uh, and then the, the, maybe the fourth thing that, that Jesus did a lot of was that he delivered uh, those that were oppressed or even possessed by uh, demons. So these are the things that, that Jesus did, and these are the, this uh, particular situation here is about uh, the disciples involved in healing a man that's laying there at the gate of the temple. The, the situation starts out with, with as, you, as you know, if you read the whole situation before, that Peter and John are going to the afternoon prayer service at the, at the temple. And laying there at the gate of the temple is a crippled man who the Bible indicates has been crippled from his birth. And so a couple of pertinent points that we want to uh, lift up to the listening audience today is one is uh, that God needs you to be at a particular place at a particular time. Uh, that if you think about it, he, 
he did save you just in time. And as you look back over your life and uh, even on today, you notice that he, he's a timely God and he's working in and through your life on time every day. And so he, want, he needs us to be at a particular place at a particular time to do those things that we are called to do. Some folks, and I know that's probably nobody in the audience here today, feel like it's okay to show up on, on church or prayer service or what have you at any old time. And I want you to know on today that's not, that's not a good attitude to, do, to have. We need to, we need to be where we're supposed to be. If we tell, if we tell uh, the public that our church starts at 11.15, we ought to be there at 11.15 starting church. Otherwise, it looks like we're not telling the truth. And the, the world out there has enough uh, folks out there that are, uh, that are not telling the truth. The world out there has enough uh, folks that are out there that aren't doing what they say they're doing. So it's important for us to do what we say we are doing. We're having church at 1115 on today. And if you come out, and maybe by way of talking about our invitation, you're going to get a blessing. And, and uh, the truth is you may, be, you may be in the midst of their blessing by way of being there and even talking to them and, and inviting them to church. So the, the, the Peter and John, they were going to church at the, uh, I believe it's the ninth hour of the day. That's about 3 o'clock in the afternoon that they're going to church. And they're, 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 they have a divine appointment, let me say it like that, to meet up with a man who's crippled that needs uh, some interventions in his life because, because he's, uh, unable to get around like uh, many of us, he's unable to uh, support himself by way of uh, of his daily labors. He's unable to probably have uh, a good social life because of his, uh, you know, because of his condition that he's in, that he's crippled, that he can't move around. He can't just go over to uh, the, let me say, the coffee shop or somebody's house because he's not able to move around. So he has a lot of needs in his life that are lacking because he's crippled, that he, because he's disabled uh, in, this, in this ancient society and culture. And so he depends on other people to move him around, and he depends on other people to uh, give him money to uh, survive to uh, just take care of his basic needs. Uh, and he's depending on folks to do that. And he's looking towards the church folks to do that. A lot of times, let me say by way of a, a teaching point, a lot of times people are looking towards the church to make a difference in their life. And they, when folks come to church, they're looking for the church to uh, impact their life in a positive way. They're not looking to come to the church and argue about doctrine or argue about the order of service or argue about uh, how they're dressed. They're there because they, they want to get what the church of Jesus Christ has to offer in these last days. So we need to be where we need to be at church on a, in a timely fashion in order to minister to those folks that are coming there to get their needs met. And this uh, this man was begging for 
some money, and uh, Peter and John fixed their eyes upon him, and uh, they, uh, Peter, being led by the Holy Spirit, sized up the situation that this was an opportunity for them to do what God has called them to do, to be servants and to minister to this man who has all these tremendously uh, large needs, social uh, uh, needs, as I've already indicated. he got financial needs, and he's got uh, uh, problems with mobility that, that uh, he just needs answers to to open doors to a new world for him. And, uh, uh, but he didn't ask for that. He didn't ask for what he really needed was God's love and God's healing power to, to be uh, manifested in his life so that he could uh, uh, move through life more freely and move through life more freely and, uh, and be, you know, experience the love of God and the love of others also. So Peter and John, they're going to the, to the temple at a certain time, and, a, and, and uh, they meet up with this man, and they tell him, silver and gold have I none, but such as I have, I give on to thee, and I'm paraphrasing a bit there. And uh, they take the man by the right hand and uh, lift him up to, uh, they lift him up, and the man stands up, and he leaps, and he, and he uh, praises God, and he, and he's leaping and bounding and goes into the church. And, and uh, people see that, and they see that God has delivered, or excuse me, not delivered, God has healed somebody that needed a healing. God has reached out to uh, Peter and John and touched this man in a special way so that he can leap, he can, he can jump, he can run, he can walk. And he can praise God and go into church on his own, not being carried, not being wheeled. Uh, just he can go into church on his own power. And by uh, these manifestations of his uh, physical health and well-being, his praising God uh, as he did and going into church, that we see that this man is healed uh, physically, and it appears that he's turned his heart and his mind towards God and accepted Jesus Christ as his Savior. He's trusted in the name of Jesus to heal him. He's trusted in the name of Jesus to deliver him from sin's power and sin's control over his life. And he's, uh, and he's, uh, and he's ushering his way into church to, to praise God for what God has done for him what God has done for him. And one of the things that helped him to realize God's fullness uh, more uh, in his life, more completely in his life, is because, because two saints of the Most High God did what God would tell, told them to do, that they were, they were on time to church, they heeded the leading of the Spirit of God, and they ministered to a man that maybe – Everybody wasn't ministering to. Everybody wasn't talking to. Everybody wasn't spending time with. But they stopped to spend some time with a man who needed what they had, which is which which is what they had is a relationship with Jesus Christ and a leading of the Holy Spirit in their life that enabled them to do what they 
uh, did on that particular day. And I want you to notice another kind of relevant point in this in this uh, uh, lesson here today. And I'm I'm just about done. Is that uh, this the healing that came forth and the change in this man's life was they, the the disciples didn't take credit for that. They didn't take he. They, I think it was in verse about thirteen. They they indicated that it wasn't it wasn't their power or their holiness that enabled the man to walk or enabled the man to get saved. A lot of times, uh, saints of God they pray for somebody and and uh, the situation gets resolved and they come back and thank the person and the and the saints of God take credit for that. And that's all the way from the pulpit to the door that folks, when they're uh, doing ministry, they take credit for it instead of giving the credit to God or to our Lord Jesus Christ for the intervention that has been made in their life. They, that they, they seldom or not enough times, let me say that, not enough times do saints of God give credit to God for what, uh, what God has done through them for somebody else or to somebody else. And so that's, that's another point I wanted to make. So uh, that we need to give God the credit. We need to be uh, doing what God would have us to do in terms of the Great Commission. We need to be going out there and, and touching hearts and lives for Christ. We need to give God the credit for any interventions or meaningful change that happens in people's lives. And we have to believe too. This, uh, we have to believe that our uh, our purpose uh, in their lives is uh, is is being orchestrated by God. And we have to we have to follow God's leading, Lord Jesus Christ leading, the Holy Spirit's leading, and uh, being active in terms of the ministry. So these are just a few things I wanted to say on today. That just the, by way of this is this is like a simple kind of lesson. It's not a fancy lesson, but it's a simple lesson that we can gain some uh, good key points about how we should live our lives as Christians and how we should uh, live our lives practicing and serving the Lord and doing His will in these last days. Uh, God bless you and God keep you. And I, I want to give it back into the hands of our uh, moderator, our host on today. Uh, Sister Brown. Well, Dr. Lay, thank you so much. That was a, that was a, a, a very very good lesson, uh, and it was uh, very well delivered. I love the points that you made, and the one point that really stands out for me is the timing, God's timing, and the opportunities that come our way. And then, are we ready? and willing to seize those opportunities. I just think that's an exa- a, a, a wonderful example that you used about people drifting into worship service late and uh, oftentimes will show up to God's business late. And, you know, the question that I may not be so bold as to ask them is, do you stroll into work late? Do you stroll into other important places late, you know, uh, and, and it's like, well, what happens? Why do you give yourself the liberty to, to be cavalier when it comes to uh, worship service? So I love that example because we do need to be ready for such a time as this, right? Yes, yes. 
and yes, and we, we don't know what we don't know what it is that God is asking us to do. Uh, maybe there's been some discussion about it, maybe not, but just to be ready in and out of season. So I I really really appreciate that. I have a question for you, and that is, you mentioned the condition of the the man at the beautiful gate, and he had some sort of physical uh, ailment. He had some sort of some would say disability. Uh, maybe wasn't as mobile as as others. What would you say to a question regarding people who may have similar needs? Now, I'm going from ancient biblical culture and history to today's time. People who may not have the same immobile issues but are the ones who still have needs and may be standing on the street. What well, what would you how you're you're a person who goes out into the community and you do outreach and you feed people who are hungry. What would you say to someone who has an issue with someone standing on the street with a street sign saying that they're hungry, not knowing anything about them, not knowing anything about whether they're employed or not or any of that? What would you say uh to someone who may have issues with giving money or giving food to someone standing on the street corner? I think if you have the opportunity to uh, to help them out, I, I think that's a that's a good thing to do to help them out to in some way intervene in their life. And they they may be uh, they may not they may be there out there, and they may be uh, they maybe really don't need that much money uh, per se, uh, but they they may need more your human kindness. So I think it, mm. uh, by way of stopping and talking to them, that may uh, be more meaningful to them in the long run than uh, the money that you might give them or, you know, or a, a sandwich that you might give them or something like that. It was the fact that you stopped and talked to them and you spent some, some time with them it w- is, I think, a lot of times which, which really makes a big difference. We go to the uh, – we have in the past, and we probably will in the future be going to Catholic community services. And I think the conversations that we have when we, we meet with the homeless that are coming through the line, when we talk to them, when we talk to them with respect and with honor, I think that makes a big difference for them because I think a lot of times people that are homeless or are out there begging that people are not – talking to them with with respect and I'm not trying to honor them as as people and I think as saints of the most high god we should be respecting and honoring folks and uh I think somebody might say uh that we might be the only Jesus that they see so I think we should go mm-hmm. ahead and take the opportunity to you know to show them the kindness and love of Jesus when we have opportunity to do so Mhm, mhm, yeah, an opportunity to be the hands and feet of Jesus Christ, yes, yes, I like that. I love that answer. The other thing that stands out for me too, and this this is uh, this is another personal um uh that what this whole lesson and 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 the the scripture resonates with me because I very rarely have cash on me, you know with the debit cards and and just 
you know, I just don't carry cash. I could end up not having my wallet in my possession, you know, and so I don't have cash to just give away. But uh, I do run into people who are in need. And so even in this passage, Acts chapter 3, verse 6, is silver or gold I do not have. I, I often don't, I don't say silver or gold, but I just say I don't have any money uh, and then the next part of that passage in, in the uh, NIV, in New American Standard Bible is, what, but what I do have, I give you. And so oftentimes I do not have money, but if I have something, I will give. And if it's not anything but a prayer, like you're saying, just an opportunity to acknowledge someone who's standing on the street corner, don't know what their circumstances are, but I can pray with you, call that person by name, and uh, and offer that to them. Now, of course, that was pre-COVID. I mean, COVID kind of uh, caused things to have to shift and go in a different direction. But um, very rarely do I have money to give. Very rarely do I have money to give. So, And then anything that Jesus is asking us to do in his power and the power of the Holy Spirit, it can be done. You, would you agree? I would agree. Uh, you know, I, I think going back to that, just talking to folks and, and showing them respect, and love, I think that goes a long ways. I think that, you know, that kind of sticks with, I think that sticks with folks more than the money they give. Even if they're out there and they're kind of, uh, let me let me say it this way, they're out there really hustling for the, uh, the money that they could get from uh, passerbys. I think what, what sticks with them most is the love and human kindness that people give them. I think that really mm-hmm. sticks with them. Mhm, mhm. I like your comment that uh, we might be the only Jesus that people meet, and I've also heard is uh, if someone is unable to read the Bible, we should be a walking, talking Bible, uh, showing all the love and the mercy and the grace that they could they could read about. Well, Doctor Lay, thank you so much. Thank you so so much. This was an excellent lesson, and uh, I encourage people to go back and read the entire chapter uh, three in in the book of Acts and uh, become familiar with it if you weren't already. And with that, I guess what I'll say to our listening audience is thank you and God bless you, keep you and make his face shine upon you and give you peace. And we will talk again in a couple of weeks. God bless you. And Dr. Lay, you are welcome to come back anytime. So I will be contacting you. (laughs) (laughs) to see what your schedule is like (laughs) all right thank you god bless you god bless everyone